I would not wish this on my worst enemy. The pain would be just excruciating. People just think that a migraine is a really bad headache and it's, it, there's so much more to it than that. It's really nice to be able to say, is anybody else dealing with this today? Hi, I'm Dr. Larry Newman, and this is Season 1, Episode 3 of Move Against Migraine. So the CGRP monoclonal antibodies are the first new class of medications specifically designed for prevention of migraine in about half a century. They're antibodies against either the receptor to CGRP upon which it binds or to the protein CGRP itself. CGRP is a protein that's released during migraine and is responsible, among other things, for producing the excruciating pain that people with migraine experience. So from a clinical perspective, these new agents have given us another weapon in our toolbox. There are injections that are given anywhere from once a month. One of them is given um, every three months if the patient decides to go that route. But what we're noticing is that these are agents that can work despite failures to other medications. So it's, it's offering hope, which is what we try to do. It's giving us an opportunity to offer hope to these people who are living with migraine. Joining me first is headache specialist Dr. Stuart Tepper to share just a little bit on the background. CGRP stands for calcitonin gene-related peptide, and it is a protein that is released around the brain. And in most migraine patients, when CGRP is released, it causes the migraine. And it does that by causing intense inflammation and blood vessels get big. And this occurs in the coverings of the brain, in the meninges. And so if you give CGRP by an intravenous a method to a person uh, with migraine, usually most of them by four hours will get a migraine. So Stu, in your experience, is this class of medication typically well tolerated? Now, they are very different than any kind of preventive medicines we've ever had for migraine. So people have asked uh, online, when would you begin to see results if you were somebody taking them and what potential side effects are there? And I'll deal with the side effect part first. They are extremely well tolerated. They don't seem to have significant side effects other than for those that get injected, there can be some pain at the injection site. But otherwise, the side effects are very minimal. These are very well tolerated. Thanks, Stu. Next, we'll hear from Dr. Amal Starling from the Mayo Clinic about what CGRP is and how blockers and antibodies can aid in migraine treatment. So initially what was found um, is that in the blood as well as saliva, during a migraine attack or during a cluster attack, there were increased levels of CGRP. In addition, medications like sumatriptan not only clinically stopped the migraine attack, but they also reduced levels of CGRP. They also then found that in people who have chronic migraine, defined as having 15 or more headache days per month, that they had chronically elevated levels of CGRP. And in a research study, if you gave an individual with migraine an infusion of CGRP, it would cause a migraine-like attack. 
So all of these studies led to the hypothesis that CGRP and its receptor plays a key role in migraine as well as in cluster. How effective are these new treatment options according to the clinical trials? So if you think about someone who has 20 migraine days per month, they have a 50% chance of having 10 or less migraine days. And we think that there's actually even these super responders that have what we call a 75% response rate. They have at least a 75% reduction in their migraine days. And even super, super responders that actually go into remission. So they have a resolution of their migraine attacks while the treatment is effective for them. Thanks, Amal. It's now my pleasure to introduce Dr. David Dota, chair of the American Migraine Foundation and neurologist at Mayo Clinic. Can you tell us a little bit about the side effects of these new treatments, please? One of the concerns was that in people who have cardiovascular risk factors or in people who are having a heart attack or a stroke, the inability to compensate for that lack of blood supply by dilating other blood vessels um, is a concern. Now that concern has been somewhat alleviated by the fact that at least for Aimovig, there was a study done where they took patients with coronary artery disease who developed chest pain when exercising. They exercised all these patients on a treadmill, gave them either intravenous placebo or intravenous uh, Aimovig, and saw no difference in the time uh, taken to develop chest pain or in the time taken to develop changes on their EKG. Um, there was no difference between the two and nothing untoward happened to these patients. And these patients had significant coronary artery disease and some of them had had bypass surgery or some of them had angioplasty and stenting. Um, so that was relatively reassuring. And there's been some other um, experimental work to show that these antibodies don't constrict uh, blood vessels um, and they don't constrict blood vessels in people who have taken, let's say a triptan. So if you take a triptan, there doesn't seem to be any effect on blood pressure or heart rate. Um, and when you look at arteries in a Petri dish, if you will, or what we call in vitro, um, these drugs don't constrict blood vessels. And if you expose a, these arteries to, let's say, a tryptan and there's constriction, um, the antibody doesn't augment or amplify that constriction. So it's early days. And it should be said that the people enrolled in the clinical trials were not people who had significant coronary artery disease or significant cardiovascular disease or who have had stroke or heart attacks in the past. And so it, it's gonna take time, it's gonna take clinical experience uh, to know uh, the extent to which these um, are gonna be safe in those patients. I will say that there's a lot of redundancy in the body. And by that I mean there's a lot of different molecules or different ways or different proteins that dilate blood vessels. So if you have a host of proteins uh, or molecules that dilate blood vessels in a compensatory way, then taking one away uh, may not be a deal breaker. And so that redundancy that's in the system because keeping blood vessel tone normal is very important. Um, so the body likely has built-in mechanisms to compensate for the absence of one or more uh, of those proteins. So time will tell, uh, but so far, um, uh, the clinical experience thus far in the trials as well as in clinical practice seem to suggest that there isn't a major concern, though it, you know, patients with significant cardiovascular disease will have to be treated and we'll have to see what happens. 
Thanks, David. That's all for this episode. Keep listening as we continue the series on the next episode where we will discuss finding your migraine support network.